in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries. One group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka. Each week, we take a look back at one movie that is reaching that 30-year milestone. Whether you love seeing these films in the theater or enjoying them for the first time at home, we invite you to join us this year as we travel back in time to 1986. I am your host, John Reed, and you're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. Yes, you are listening to the 30-something movie podcast, and we are on episode number 80. We have hit, This should be like a very special section of episodes here since we're on all the 80s stuff, and it's episode number 80, so... We're kind of like a golden girl. We are... Yes. Yes, we, have, we are now octogenarians in the podcast world, which I think makes us older than a lot of other ones, except yes. for the nerdist. Curse you, Hardwick. I keep what trying. I keep trying to catch up with him, but he like puts out three episodes a day. He's one of the busiest people. I yeah, think. he is. Like for real. Slow he down. Was, You're making the rest of us look bad. One of like I, I, I don't know how he does it. No. But I and it's a and it's a you know semi decent podcast. I'll admit. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's okay. You know, it's, <laughs> it doesn't have like our production value, but you know, it's it's fine. <laughs> Hour-long, in-depth conversations, getting people to reveal things they've very rarely ever revealed. Right. Well, hey, I mean, speaking I, of which, did you listen to the uh, Paul Dini episode? No, I'm. I am behind because he puts out three episodes a day. I am currently behind. Um, what was the one that I was just listening to? Uh, I just finished the, um, and I'm blanking out. Uh, Mian Balik and. And I, Chuck Lorre. Yes, thank you, Chuck Lorre. Forgot his name. Uh, just good. finished that one. Jump ahead to the Paul Dini one because okay. it is a very raw and real interview. Because he gets into does he talk about when he was attacked? Yeah. Okay. Like full on, just let's talk about it, and he just nice. goes through the entire process and how his work working on Batman, the animated series at the time, kind of got him through the attack yeah. and. How working in uh, working in comics was able to help him process, and now, what is it, fifteen, twenty years later, he's finally able to start talking about uh, getting mugged within an inch of his life. That's cool. Yeah, when I as soon as I saw that his name was up there, I was like, "Ooh, um, let's let's speed this thing up here." Because I, I then I started putting all my podcasts that I was behind in on. Uh, I'd play them on like one and a half or two times the speed. So everybody sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks, <laughs> but maybe I'll just maybe I'll break the rules and skip ahead a little bit. I think you should because it was it's really worth listening to. Okay. So nice job, Hardwick. All right. Reluctantly, I will say, nice job. Anyway, Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. good. I, get, I, I guess um... we should tell everybody. I, I've got Jeff and Pat here with me. Uh, Dennis and Bo may be coming a little bit later, but I got Jeff and Pat. I um I gotta be honest with you. Uh, last week I um I like almost like raged and just destroyed cyberspace. I almost like just eradicated social media as we knew it. I'm just saying. 
I, um, the Republican I, convention? Okay, well, I don't know. Are we going pop? No, 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 no. Let, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> okay, because I, I don't know, man, because I got, I got things I want to say about that. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the issue. I mean, keeping it for the podcast. When we start our political podcast, we can talk about all that. Okay, all right. That's, that sure. sounds good, man. I'm not jumping in on that one. I, um, I, I, the 30-something like, approval rating podcast. Yeah, that's that's right. I want to I want to just as soon as that little live ticker goes off, I can just spew about. But okay, whatever. Go for it, yeah. The thing, the thing that got me upset last week, I got to be honest with you, I was just, I heard that one of the actresses that's in the new Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, um, I think I texted you, and I I don't know her name. Yeah. I know she is hilarious. I've caught a little bit of her stuff on like Saturday Night Live. I think. Um, she's the African-American actress that's in there. Apparently, mm-hmm. she just kind of went off and just said, not went off, but just said, hey, I'm done with Twitter because she has just been the recipient of just some pretty, pretty bad stuff, is yeah. from what that's, I understand. It's her pretty, name. I, I read some of it, some pretty god-awful racist comments. Yeah. yeah. Her name is Leslie Jones. Okay. And, I mean, I just, I, I know where I'm stating the obvious, but I'm just like, I don't even know where to begin in terms of what kind of morons and pieces of garbage out there do that kind of stuff. And it was funny because I was, you know, and I know we talk about movies and remakes and, okay, is this going to make sense? And is it, I mean, and we weigh it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this whole thing with Ghostbusters, I, I just, I mean, it's, I guess the thing that's angering me is that, okay, it's people that are just upset because, the movie's being remade, yeah. which is like, if you don't want to see it, just see the original and just don't go see the new stuff. Right. But then it's because they're women that it seems like suddenly we can, and, and one of the women is black, that now we can just be all racist about it. And, yeah. I, you know, I, and then, then it's, then I get it. Then I got mad about the whole Twitter thing because it's like, it's like someone having, you know, driving like a jerk in a car. You get behind the wheel and suddenly you can be a jerk. But if you were walking down the street, You'd never do that. And it's, I'm right. just, I just, all those, that anger of just people that can just get on their computer and just type and think that that's okay. Just, just got to me. And, uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> that, it really pissed me off for a couple of days. I gotta be honest with you. Just the whole, the whole situation. We were talking about this earlier today, actually, and just how cruel people are being to each other when, when you disagree on something and it's no longer, Let's agree to disagree, or I'm going to hear you out, you hear me out, and we'll see what happens. It's agree with me on this thing, and if you don't agree with me, then you're a god-awful human being, and you don't deserve to live. Right. Right. Other right. included, and, and, and really awful things being said. Yeah. Telling John and Dennis earlier today, um, I know you're not, on, uh, you're not on social medias, but I, I uh, shut down my Facebook for a while. Because mm-hmm. I was tired of reading it. And it was it started to affect me in a negative way. Yeah. I was just feeling bad reading comment after comment from people. So I I I just shut it down for about a week or so. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I get you, man. And, and, and the whole like, thing is like like you're saying, this is it's entertainment. Yeah, it's entertainment. This is not life or death stuff. If you don't want to see the new Ghostbusters movie because you think it's going to ruin your childhood, then don't see it. But for some little kid who wants to see this brand new Ghostbusters movie and is interested in it and the old one looks not to us, it wouldn't look too old, but the old one looks old. 
then yeah. that's their childhood. So allow them to have a childhood. Well, and it, you yeah. know what? If it's not good, nobody's going to go see it. And nothing. And just let it die. Right, and nothing gives you the right. I mean, yeah, that's the thing with the movie. But nothing gives you the right to get on the computer and just slew all this hate and slew all this stuff out there. Right. And that's not political correctness. That's just good old fashioned respect. And I, I, we've, we've fallen so far. It was funny. I was talking to my dad about it. And I said, yeah, I'll tell you, Dad, this thing's got me fired up. And he's asked, what? And I said, well, it's this thing with the new Ghostbusters movie and the one actress. And I said, yeah, these people went on Twitter and, and just said, I, I mean, to say it's despicable comments is an understatement. And he looked at me and he said, well, what did they get all upset about? And I said, well, I'm not saying that this is justified, but I said, you know, Dad, this is what they got upset about. You know, they're upset that Ghostbusters was remade and they're upset that it's ruining their childhood. And when I, as soon as I said that line, he gave me this look that I remember from when I was like 13 and I would just go over the top and just say, dad, that's so upsetting. Or, you know, that's just ruining much. And he gave me this look that just was like, just totally like took me back down to zero. He's like ruining their childhood. Do these people need to like get a life or something? I just said, yeah, mm -hmm. I get it, dad. I get it. And then he says, what are they so angry about? And I said, well, I think it's the idea that they have women ghostbusters. And then he looks and he says, well, wait, I don't get Sigourney Weaver was in the original. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what I said, well, no, I think the idea is that they're the pretty chauvinistic thing, but that the Ghostbusters themselves are women. And I said, and they're just going off on Twitter. And I mean, he, he was actually speechless. And I just said, I don't get it, Dad, to be honest with you. I think I'm just too old to understand this whole. And he says, if you feel too old to understand the social, how do you think I feel? I mean, it was like, it was, I'm going to reuse the line. If you, it was like he said, if, if he had woken up with his head sewn to the carpet, he'd be less surprised than he would be by hearing that there's this people upset to this level about Ghostbusters out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, I, thing, the thing for me was just the fact that the movie was being remade. It had nothing to do with who was cast in it. Right. You know, there was no to me, there was just no reason to remake Ghostbusters. Right. The way that it's perceived, though, is because I feel that way. Uh, there are comments being made that I don't support females being cast as leads in movies. Okay. And I was like, that's not my issue at all. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't care who you cast and what. I just don't understand why this movie had to be remade. Right. Right. And, and why it became the, the anthem for uh, women in leading roles. You know, same thing with Ocean's Eleven. From what I understand, that's going to be remade uh, with Sandra Bullock, I think, taking mm -hmm. the Danny Ocean role, and it's going to be a cast of all women. If you want to provide opportunity for women to be leading, why not provide original works for right. all these actors and right. actresses? You know, the, you know, why are we relying on remakes? Or are we, are we going to start seeking out uh, movies that have been heavily male and now creating female counterparts for them because we can or because we feel the need or we, we feel like we're supposed to or equality or whatever? You know, let's, let's, let's not start remaking movies for the sake of that. Let's go forward looking for original ideas. Yeah. That's well, what I want to see out of Hollywood. I don't care who you cast and what. Right. Yeah. Well, that's something I, I, I would think. Of, stories going, though. Yeah. 
that's something I was thinking about recently. And the thought I had was, okay, this whole thing with remakes, like there have been so many remakes cause it's easy for them to do it. It's, you know, it's almost a, if they pick movies that people liked, it's almost a guaranteed moneymaker. But as I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, okay, what would be a good reason to do a remake? And I think about um, plays. I think about plays and musicals. And when you go back and you remake something, I, I was thinking in particular like Shakespeare. What would be a reason to go back and remake or redo or reimagine a Shakespeare play? And the ones to me that are the most interesting are when you've got some kind of a new twist and a new take on it. Like you change up the time period that it takes place in or... We just watched something on, I think it was on PBS a few weeks ago, where they were doing Shakespeare plays in different languages from around the world. I'm like, okay, to me, yes, that's the time that you take something that's already been written, something that's already been made, you've got an interesting twist or a cultural twist or something on it, and then you go and you remake it, but you just remake it and say, oh, well, it's been 30 years, we should make it again. Or the Ocean's Eleven one doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't care who's in it, man, woman, child, dog, whatever. That movie, I mean, those movies just came out, what, 20 years ago? If even. If even that, 15 years ago? Right, to me, that doesn't seem like it's long enough. Unless we're developing the memories of Goldfish, that doesn't seem long enough to be doing a remake. That's like well, saying, that's like saying, oh, you know what? Um, I think we should remake the Lord of the Rings movies. Or I think we should remake something that came out in 2010. Well, look at what happened with uh, Spider-Man. Right. How many versions of Spider-Man have we seen in the last 12 or 13 years? Yeah. Why? And, and I, just wanted, I just wanted to jump in that for me, the whole discussion on should we do remakes, shouldn't we do it? I mean, I get it. Jeff, I totally get what you're saying. And I mean, I'm... To me, my, my anger last week had very little to do with people reacting negatively or positively to should we do remakes and just that. That's whatever. My frustration is that suddenly, you know, people can take to social media, whatever, and just think that it's okay just to spew a whole bunch of hateful rhetoric out there for well, whatever reason. It's not suddenly. Right. Yeah. It's been happening for a, a, a long while. That yeah. when it turns nasty, it's just and nobody. There's no way to to police this. No, so it it just continues to happen. Yeah. Whatever. I think it's a bunch of bull. <laughs> I think it's all a bunch of crap. Yeah, that's fine. Speak. We're gonna move from a bunch of crap to stuff that's not a bunch of crap. Let's talk Good about stuff. some of those Comic Con trailers. Happy stuff. Happy stuff. Do you... Comic Con trailers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, there is a stranger who comes to this village from the sea. He comes in the winter when people are hungry and brings fish. He comes on the king tide. That was last night. Talk. I believe that an enemy is coming from far away. I'm looking for warriors. This stranger. Others like him. I'm building an alliance to defend us. It's very important that I see this man. 
Barry Allen. Bruce Wayne. You said that like it explains why there's a total stranger sitting in the dark in my second favorite chair. He said he'll fight with us? More or less. More, more, or more, less? Probably more or less. He said no. He said no. Look, man, I don't know who you are, but whoever you're looking for, Feels like an oversimplification. I'm putting together a team, people with special abilities. You see, I believe enemies are coming. Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Just like that? Yeah. I. I need friends. Great. Can I keep this? Didn't think you were real. I'm real and it's useful. Arthur Curry. I hear you can talk to fish. All right, so how about that Justice League trailer? I'm excited. Yeah. The characters seem to be pretty legit. Um, I mean, we've seen we've seen the big three already. We've seen Superman. We've seen Batman. We've seen Wonder Woman. Um, you know, the the question marks for me have been, what's Aquaman going to be like, and how is Ezra Miller going to pull off Flash? What's his characterization going to be like? Love the take that they're doing with uh, with Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That strong Arthur Curry character, perfect. And they um they almost kind of put that whole like, hey Aquaman, talk to the fish, like that, you know, like isn't that like a kind of a recurring kind of when people knock on Aquaman, it's like, so Aquaman, your superpower is you can talk to fish, I, or maybe there was like some Saturday Night Live sketch that I was thinking of, but no, that's pretty that, that's pretty accurate. Is that you guys know the comics better than me, but they seem to have a line in there that kind of poked a little fun at that, you know, which... Yeah, I used to have a, uh, a newspaper uh, comic that I had cut out one time, and I used to have it up in my room uh, during high school, and it was a picture of a burning building in the background, and there was this woman saying, help, help, and Aquaman is standing there going, sorry, I only talk to fish. Yeah. And uh, that scene where, um, where um, Bruce Wayne is talking to uh, the Flash... Mm-hmm. Totally made me think of um, Civil War, where Tony Stark is talking to Spider-Man. And there, you know what? There wasn't one shred of me that was like, oh, shoot, they're copying. It was just like, okay, they, they, they're starting to like, figure it out that, like, okay, let's, let's follow a formula that works. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe, and maybe they are copycatting in the movie, you know, or whatever. But I, I just I, – I think they're moving in the right – it feels like they're moving in the right direction. 
Yeah, I, I noted to John earlier, I said, um, no, that I mean, I feel like the tone of Justice League wasn't dark, anywhere near as dark as Batman versus Superman. Yeah. I think that's a, a big step in the right direction. And the, the, the characters just seem to be fun. Ezra Miller's take on The Flash, I think, is going to be great. I was a little bit worried that he was going to be kind of emo mm-hmm. about it. And uh, just don't get a sense of that at all. And I like that line that they throw out there, like, hey, I, I need friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I think it's going to be good. I, I, I like the characterization. I like that Batman is the one that's assembling the League. Mm-hmm. And I like that he's not, I like that it's not an angry, depressed, just, you know, mad at the whole world kind of a character. I like his, I, I love his interaction when he and Wonder Woman are just sitting there looking at the computer and, and she's like, so did, did he say he was going to fight with us? And he's like, well, more or less. More or less. It's like more, more or more or less? More or less. Okay, so he said no. Yeah, he, he said no. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. I think it looks good. And I, I mean, you guys tell me where I'm wrong or tell me where I'm off base. But it just seems like um, a lot of the DC movies they're trying to work this extra angle in where it's we're trying to make it really dark and gritty, or we're trying to make it really artsy fartsy, or we're really trying to show that. And this just seems to be like we're not going to overthink this one. We're just going to like take comic book characters and kind of make a, a fun movie with good action. And that's and maybe some funny parts. And we're just trying to make a good movie. Like yeah. I, I, I don't know how to sum it up other than that. It just seemed like they're not trying to work some weird angle into there. And it just seems like they're going to make a good action movie, you know? Well, and hopefully they're taking a page from their TV shows because their TV shows have done really well for years yeah, And the TV shows that are doing the best are the ones that are not the dark and gritty. I mean, Arrow has been on for years, but I think people are starting to get a little tired of Arrow. Mm-hmm. And Flash is doing really well right now, and they've started up a whole bunch of other shows with that same kind of tone as The Flash. And, I mean, that was just fun to watch. You know, even, even you know, Sharon's not a huge fan of, of superhero shows, but she'll watch them with me. And But we actually have fun watching The Flash because it's a fun show. It's a superhero that's not reluctant about his powers. And he's like, oh, I've got these powers. And it's so, it weighs me down. And I, he's not. Like, he's actually having fun being a superhero. And I think that's cool. part of that's part of what I get out of the comic books. I don't like having, you know, Jeff and I have mentioned this before, I don't like having a Superman that's so bummed about something that he spends a year walking across the country instead of flying and doing his normal thing. Yeah. I don't want a grim and gritty, oh, woe is me, Superman. I want a Superman. My favorite scene in Man of Steel, which I know most people think is is dark and and they don't necessarily like that take on Superman. My favorite scene, one of my favorite scenes in that whole movie is the first time he takes off and flies and he's just laughing like a madman. Yeah, I love that part in the movie, and that's what I like in my superheroes is you can make Batman dark, and you can make him grim and gritty and realistic, but I still want him to occasionally have some fun being Batman. And you you got that in some of the Dark Knight movies. Like, he still had fun. He still cracked jokes with Alfred. There was a little bit of levity there, and that's one of the things I really like about the Marvel movies is Tony Stark has fun being Iron Man a lot of yeah. times. Thor has fun being Thor. That's one of the things I liked about Wonder Woman when she showed up in Batman versus Superman. 
she gets one hit on in on Doomsday, realizes how powerful she is, and that she doesn't have to hold back, and she smiles. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, thank you. That's what I wanted to see. Yeah. So that's what I think I liked about this trailer was being able to see that here were some people that have these powers and they're not sitting there going, oh, I've got powers. It's such a burden. Mm-hmm. No, forget it. Use your powers. Do some good. And let's have fun. Yep. Yep. Speaking of another one that looked fun, Wonder Woman. Did you guys watch a Wonder Woman trailer? Oh, awesome. Yeah. Wonder Woman, it, that's going to be great. Yeah. You're a man. Yeah. I mean, does that look like that? You have been my greatest love. Be careful, Diana. I do not deserve you. Have you never met a man before? I mean, what about your father? I had no father. I was brought to life by Zeus. Well, that's neat. I'm Steve Trevor's secretary. What is a secretary? I go where he tells me to go, and I do what he tells me to do. Yeah, well, where I'm from, that's called slavery. I really like her. Fantastic. Oh, Ladies, after you. I do. I like her. And I don't know why, for years, um, for years, the excuse was, well, we just... A, a, a female-led superhero movie, Just we just can't do it. It's too hard to make Wonder Woman and make it work. Really? Because they made a, a, a tree and a raccoon work in the other movie. So I think you could probably make Wonder Woman work. Yeah. You well, remember that scene? You remember that scene that we're going to talk about in Top Gun where Maverick's talking about flying upside down with the wig and everything like that? Yeah. And then Iceman goes, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what my reaction is to that quote about the Wonder Woman movie. Mm-hmm. Is just 
just dub in what Iceman said in, in that one. That's that's my reaction to that. It would be too hard. Yeah. You know, John, if you can do me a favor, when you edit this episode, if you could cut out a clip of Pat doing that, <laughs> so I can use it as like a text alert or something. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you that. That's awesome. The uh, the thing I I'll tell you the first okay so every time my phone rings, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> um, nothing. It would take too long to explain. I'll tell Hi, you, Dennis. When how I are saw you? That, um, <laughs> yeah. When I saw the trailer, my first reaction after watching the trailer was, "Holy cow! There's going to be a motorcycle in it." Because you, there was that one clip where he was like he was jumping the bike over the thing, which I thought was cool. But then the second reaction I had was, I really like the way, and I guess we've already seen a little bit of this in the movie, but I really like the way that they portrayed Wonder Woman. And I mean, I mean, obviously the actress, you know, she's an attractive gal and all that kind of thing. But it's not like they're, it's not like they're overdoing the sex appeal just to get like 14-year-old boys in the theater. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like. Yeah. Okay. You know, she's going to be wearing an outfit, and I mean, there's going to be skin and all that kind of stuff, and that's. But it's not like they're they're. It's not like they're overdoing. That's like I said, they're not like right. overdoing the 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 thing because. She it's, can it's be not, a superhero. It's not Red Sonia. Yeah, it's not like she has. It's not. What they're trying. What they're showing is that you know you can be a female superhero without them overdoing the you know the sex appeal right. type of stuff. Yeah. And that, that, that made me, I was happy to see that because, you know, I mean, I'm into the movie because I want to be able to play this movie and have my daughter go, Hey, okay, cool. Girls can be, you know, and not just, why are they wearing skimpy outfits, dad? Well, I don't know what to tell you other than, you know, this, it seems like they're, they're doing uh, the way they're doing that seems pretty cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm just I'm glad Wonder Woman's finally getting her own movie. I mean, with all the Superman movies, all the Batman movies, all the you know the other stuff, I'm like, she's a pretty big hero. I mean, she's now and it hasn't always been that way, but now she's considered like one of the top three heroes of DC Comics. They used to call them the Trinity. Part of the Trinity. Yeah, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. I'm like, really shouldn't have taken this long for her to get her own movie. Yeah. So and, you know what kind of. I watch, so I watched the trailer a couple of times. What, I, what I'm having a difficult time with is, what's his name? Chris Pine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not sold on him. Okay. See, I, I like him. Just the character that he's playing, or I, I'm interested to see the movie because mm-hmm. I want to see what, his, what more his character does. Right. But in the, in the little, in the couple of clips that, uh, that I've seen, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not sold on them. His movies don't tend to do well, except for Star Trek. His movies, other movies that he's been in, he's been in some romantic comedies. He's been in some other action movies. I think he played Jack Ryan in mm-hmm. like one of the, one of the sequels. Um, he just, he doesn't seem to be able to carry a movie. So, I mean, I guess thankfully he's not the main character in this one. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess the tough part there is you got to play this mortal who is kind of I don't know, a sidekick to Wonder Woman, but also in the comic books, I mean, he was kind of a love interest for Wonder Woman and you know, I 
Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just not quite sure what is going on with his character. Yeah. I have a question. Is this guy, has he been in the comic books? So do you guys have an inkling of what how this guy is going to be and all that? Yeah. So, I mean, it looked like he was part of the German Air Force during World War One. Or was it the no, British? He be, no, he's an American. He's an American. Okay, yeah. because the way they were, and that's that kind of threw me, because the way they were throwing the clips, I mean, it seemed like she was fighting the Germans, but then he was walking around like a German airfield, and it, it I don't know, and then there were there looked like some senior military commanders that were walking up disprovingly, and um, I don't know, and so I was just like, wow, is this, you know, is this oh, guy like, okay. Okay, yeah, so no, he's, he's an American. He flies with the okay. He's oh. an American, and because because and it depends on which comic book you know which decade you're reading the comic books in. But he's an American who, when when Wonder Woman story takes place starting during the the World Wars, um, he because he's the first man that Wonder Woman has ever met when she comes to the land of men, um, he kind of acts as the liaison between her okay. and the United States. So he's gotcha. kind of, he kind of falls in love with her, and I think she kind of likes him. But he's also kind of like her guide to, you know, here's what the world is like. Okay. So a little bit like if Captain America fell in love with Nick Fury. Okay. I get it. All right, those of you who've always wanted to write that kind of fan fiction, you go enjoy yourselves. Well, all I know is it looks like Chris Pine rides a motorcycle, so that's immediately going to make the movie got to see. I bet, Pat, I really hope one day that they just make a, a movie that's just motorcycles riding around in circles for you. <laughs> they call It is, man. It's called, it's called MotoGP. I, you can okay. watch it every couple of weeks. Hey, and I was listening. Or a, I, or a, fast, way, and a fast and the Furious movie that's just motorcycles. Yeah, that's right. Hey, um, and I was listening uh, I was listening to the first half of last week's podcast. I really got I really enjoyed your discussion last week, guys. That was really fun listening to you guys break it apart. And um, I, I know we don't need to rehash the craziness that John McTiernan's, you know, verbal diarrhea like was. But I will say that you did bring up rollerball mm -hmm. and you said nobody saw that movie or who saw it? I gotta admit. I saw that movie. Saw okay. Why did I see that movie? Because they've advertised there were some motorcycle scenes in it. I'm like, oh, sweet. Okay. I got to see it. Like, I didn't know anything else about it. Makes sense. But, Have you uh, seen it more than once, though? Uh, more than once, no. No, because okay. I, right. I saw the motorcycle thing. You so know. you're, the one guy, you're the one guy that saw it once. Okay. <laughs> which I think is what they put on the, the back of the DVD. It's like, hey, this one guy saw this once. You should check it out. That's right, man. Mm -hmm. There it is. All right. Do we have any other new movie stuff? Uh, anything else out of Comic-Con that you guys saw? Any other trailers? There's all sorts of stuff out of Comic-Con. Craziness. All kinds we of craziness. Could, we could have a whole episode just about Oh yeah. About stuff out of Comic-Con. I'm curious oh. about the... Uh, I haven't got to see the new Doctor Strange uh, trailer that came out. I have not got to see any of the trailers for the Marvel Netflix stuff, which I, I love every Marvel Netflix show there is. Um, apparently there's a new animated Justice League um cartoon that's coming out um what was one of the other ones a lego batman movie i haven't got to see that trailer yet that, that trailer was a lot of fun was it all right i gotta go watch it yeah, um, that one was good and what was the other one the king kong trailer hmm. i've not had a chance to watch, to watch that one yet but i'm curious I, about that one I, I i watched that one uh i'm a huge fan of, of, of king kong oh yeah um the the original the, the 1933 version the 32 33 okay great, great film the uh 
the one that what's his face did peter jackson did yeah. really interesting take on it i enjoyed that one as well the one from the 70s i refuse to actually think exists because it's awful yeah is that the wow. one with uh uh charles groden groden yeah yep Okay. That'd be the one. I I was the one guy that saw that one once too. <laughs> uh, that's too bad. <laughs> um. So anyway, I I'm a, I'm I really dig King Kong. I'm really intrigued by this movie, and the just the exploration of uh, Skull Island. Um. From what I've read, they've made a couple of changes to the physicality of Kong, mm-hmm. making him a little bit bigger. Because eventually they want to have King Kong versus Godzilla, right? That's that. That seems to be the end game there. So if you've got Godzilla fighting this little tiny monkey, that's not going to be quite as much fun. Um, but anyway, I mean, the trailer looked decent. Okay. Um, I don't remember what's what's the guy's name that's the lead. Is it Hiddleston? Is he the lead in that yes, one? Yes, yeah, I think he is. I'm not sure how I feel about him as a leading guy in an action movie. Okay. But again, we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens. See if there's any other trailers that come out, or uh, you know, if I'm intrigued enough, then I'll do Dennis's move and not watch any more trailers and mm-hmm. just wait for the actual movie. Well, hold hold on to yourself if you're not in you're not intrigued about Tom Hiddleston in action movies because they've been talking about him for James Bond. I don't buy it. I don't. I don't think that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. If if he gets, you know, if he's done with all of his Marvel stuff, he, he'll need a new place to get paychecks. So, who's Tom Hiddleston? Tom Hiddleston plays Loki in the in the Avengers movies. Oh. And so they've been talking. He's going to be the lead in the King Kong, the new King Kong movie, okay. and they've been talking that he's a possible contender for James Bond. Huh. So um, other so other things out of out of Comic Con. Uh, like we said, the DC TV shows are full force, man. Mm. Uh, Flash, they're doing a Flashpoint storyline. That's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, Gotham is doing uh, Court of Owls this season, which is going to be Are they really? Fantastic. Yeah, oh, I'm man. really excited for that. I gave up on that show a year ago. Uh, season two was such a... Uh, such a better offering than season one. Really? I, I kind of gave up early on. Well, was it halfway through season two? I don't know. Something happened, and I won't say what it is because it would spoil some stuff, but something happened, and a character yeah, did something. Yeah, we, we spoil things on this podcast. Well, I know. I know. But there was a character did something, and I was like, mm, nope, nope, that character would not do that. I'm out. All right. We talk about that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll give it another chance because it's Court of Owls. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be really good. Uh, hopefully, Arrow will find its footing a little bit. Um, there's. Would you say it's been missing its mark? Uh, ooh. It needs to get back on target. Um. I'm just trying to make a point. Is. <laughs> but I feel like you guys are getting the shaft. I have a. Uh, uh, um... Feathers. I've got Arrow like first six seasons. Uh, only one season beyond what's on Netflix, right? <laughs> what's that? I I don't I don't know. I've got like I don't know. 
there been a total of four seasons of Arrow. Yeah. There's four. Okay, so the fifth season has not made it on Netflix yet, or the fourth season has not made it on Netflix yet? The fourth yet? season has not made it on Netflix yet. The okay. fifth season is what's going to be starting in the fall. It may or may not be the last season. Okay. Um, duh. You can say that for any TV show. Right. Right. Uh, the initial idea behind Arrow was that they were thinking the, a five-year run for the show. Okay. But now that The Flash is doing well, uh, Legends of Tomorrow is, is pretty decent. CW picked up Supergirl. Um, so there's and uh, there's just a lot more opportunity for crossovers. So gotcha. if they can do something to kind of revitalize Arrow a little bit, there's a good chance that that may uh, that may stick around. Gotcha. I'd love to see him try to introduce uh, maybe Green Lantern into the mix and then do another spin-off series of Green Lantern. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. There's a rumor that John Diggle's character from Arrow might become a lantern, but hmm. Yeah, they kinda hinted at that for a little while and I kinda thought that that's what they were gonna do or sometime during this last season, but That'd be cool. I'd, I'd watch a Green Lantern show. It could be like a Law and Order kind of crime yeah. type show. I started reading uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns. Oh, yeah. the, it's one of the new Rebirth titles. Mm-hmm. Really, really promising stuff. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a, I'm, I'm having a kind of limit what it is that I buy now that they've decided that um, I'm now saving money by only paying two ninety nine, but doing it twice a month instead of once a month. I, I appreciate their marketing ploy, but I've had to limit what I can get just because now I'm buying it twice a month instead of once a month. I, I picked up that and I picked up Superman. Okay. I've been liking the Superman stuff. Yeah, really interesting stuff. I like that. I mean, that was always my favorite take on Superman anyway, was Superman and, Mar- and Lois Lane being married, and and now the fact that they've got this kid, and he's... Well, and that it's Superman from how many storylines ago. Right. All right, we've lost Pat. Yeah, that's cool. I'm just checking it out. I'm uh, I'm trying to think. I'm, tr- I'm looking up the list of shows, because I was like, I watched Arrow... I'm waiting for the last. I'm like, should I go Flash? Should I do Gotham? You know, I'm just trying to figure out if there's another show I should get into. Flash would be a good one to do. Yeah, Flash. Yeah. yeah. Go with Flash. If you're going to start with one of those superhero shows, go Flash. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then watch the show. And then rock what? And then watch the show. Go Flash. Right. And, <laughs> and then, then come back and watch the show. Just run upstairs, Flash, Scar, mm-hmm. Scar Tammy, and Dominic and Daniela for life. And yep. Okay. Just run upstairs, scream Flashpoint, and then run back down. <laughs> there it is, man. And then tell them, don't worry, I'll go back in time and I'll change it so this is this never happened. That's right. Flashpoint, I'm so excited for this. Mm. They better not screw it up. I'm going to have faith. I'm gonna have uh, faith. I've, I've got a lot of faith. I'm mm-hmm. just... Don't Flashpoint, screw it up. Flashpoint was such a great story yeah. that I really don't want to see anything bad happen to it. Yeah. They animated, they did, what, Flashpoint Paradox? Mm-hmm. No, the animated one was decent. Yeah, that one was okay. I like that one. So we'll see what they do with the full season. This is, of this is, a, this is a story arc going into the Flash show? This is a story arc yeah. from the comic books that changed everything and made the comic books, like they, they switched it so that all the comic books renumbered back to one. Oh, okay. And this was something they did back in 2011, I think it was. And the premise of the story was... 
um, the villain, the reverse Flash, had gone back in time and changed something so that Flash's mom had never been killed. Okay. Well, part of Flash becoming the Flash eventually was because of the death of his mother. So with Flash never becoming Flash, then all of a sudden you have this alternate timeline where things skewed off and you had like all these things happen slightly differently. Um, you know, Superman never crashed in Kansas. Uh, he crashed, was it in Metropolis? And mm-hmm. they, they collected him and they put him in a lab and they studied, they put him under like red sun lamps and they studied him his entire life. And so he was never out being a superhero. Um, Bruce Wayne was the one that was killed in the alleyway and Bruce Wayne's dad kind of snapped and went nuts and became the Batman. Okay. And spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't read it yet, but five, four, three, two, one, Bruce Wayne's mom becomes the Joker. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That was particularly creepy. Um, but yeah, but they, they had this whole thing. Yeah. Everything was a little twisted, a little different. And then, uh, somehow flash knows that it's all wrong. And he's the only one that can fix it, but he doesn't have his powers. So he has to fix stuff. So he's got to somehow get his powers back and then try to go back in time and fix all this. Gotcha. So, but that's what they're planning to do. So that's kind of an ambitious third season for the Flash TV show, but I, I think, think they, they can, can do, it. do it, though. I think they can do it. And I want it to be just a little bit just different enough so that I don't always know what's coming. And that, that's the Flash season that's coming up uh, soon. Yeah, that's the one we'll be starting this fall. Gotcha. So yeah, but yeah, go back to the go back to the beginning of the show and and watch it from there because it's good. Yeah, I'm looking. It looks like they got one season on Netflix. I'm guessing the second season will be coming on when the third season goes on air. And okay, yeah, cool. All right. Well, um, we as we've already said, um, we do spoil stuff, and we're about to start spoiling a fantasy sword and sorcery movie. Um, it's going to be Legend. Wait for it. Dairy. Mm, Dairy. Bring it to me whole and unspoiled. There you go. Uh, We're going to be talking about Legend this time around. Um, The operatic, artistic, fantasy, I don't even know what it is. But it's got Tim Curry, Tom Cruise in it. Um, and, uh, so we're going to be talking about that one this time around. So leave us a review on iTunes. If you have not, you have not yet done that already as many stars as you feel like doing. Um, but all of them do all the stars mm-hmm. and max uh, the stars, max them out, max the stars. And, uh, let's get on into talking about legend. So legend, uh, came out depending on who you ask and where you lived. Uh, legend came out April 18th, 1986, uh, in the United States, but it had come out. Four. Or, or December 1985 in Europe or in the UK. Uh, so depending on who you ask, it is either a 1985 or 1986 movie, but we're going to do it in 86. Uh, it was rated PG, directed by Ridley Scott, who also did Blade Runner, Alien, Gladiator, The Martian, and many others. Uh, produced by Arnon Milchan, who did Brazil, Pretty Woman, Fight Club, Gone Girl, 12 Years a Slave, Birdman, ton of other movies. The writer on this one was William Hjortsberg. Hjortsberg? I think I said that right. I have trouble with the H's and the J's right next to each other. Hjort. Yeah, I think that's good. Uh, He did a couple of other movies called Thunder and Lightning and Angel Heart. The music for this one, again, depending on where and when you saw it, uh, was either Jerry Goldsmith, who is in the director's cut uh, for the music. He was the original composer for this one. 
and Jerry died in 2004. He also did Planet of the Apes, The Omen, Alien, some of the Star Trek movies, Poltergeist, Gremlins, Explorers. And if you saw this in the original U.S. theatrical release, you saw a soundtrack composed by the collective group Tangerine Dream. Um, they also did some music for Risky Business, Firestarter, and Catch Me If You Can. The budget for this one was $24.5 million. The box office was $15.5 million. Starring Tom Cruise as Jack. He was also in Top Gun, A Few Good Men, Mission Impossible, Jerry Maguire, and The Last Samurai. Mia Sarah as Lily. She was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Time Cop, and the TV show Birds of Prey. Another good DC TV show. Did you ever watch that, Jeff? I did. Yeah, I like that show. It had a lot of potential. I just don't think people knew what it was supposed to be. No, so it, it didn't pick up an audience. If it was on CW now, I think it would do really well. I think it was just a little bit too ahead of its time. Absolutely. And we've got the illustrious Tim Curry as Darkness. Uh, he was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Clue, The Hunt for Red October, The Three Musketeers. David Bennett was Gump. He was in The Tin Drum and Age of Uprising. Alice Platon, who died in 2011, played Blix. He was in Heavy Metal, IQ, and The Rebound. Billy Barty, who died in 2000, played Screwball. He was in Willow, Masters of the Universe. Cork Hubert died in 2003, so this is not the movie to be in if you don't want to die. Uh, he played Brown Tom. He was in Caveman and The Ballad of Sad Cafe. Peter O'Farrell played Pox, was in Hawk the Slayer, Santa Claus the Movie, and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Kieran Shaw played Blunder, was in Raiders of the Lost Ark, Return of the Jedi, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and The Force Awakens. Annabelle Lanyon played Una. She was in Dream Demon and the TV series Anne of Avonlea. Robert Picardo played Meg Mucklebones. Uh, he was the doctor in Star Trek Voyager. He was in Gremlins 2, Star Trek First Contact, Total Recall, the 1990 version, and he was the PE teacher in The Wonder Years. Tina Martin played Nell, the farmer's wife, uh, and she was in a movie called Leapin' Leprechauns. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this one a 48%, and the audience gave it a 73%. Uh, Cinema Score gave this one a C plus. There are several different awards. This was nominated for some different awards for things like set direction and art design and stuff like that. Um, let me give you what Siskel and Ebert said about this one. Ebert said, Recent movies have created sort of a generic fantasy universe of Muppets and Swamps, strange beasts and evil tyrants, damsels and heroic lads, and ancient prophecies and mythical legends. It's a world inspired by ingredients from Lord of the Rings, the Star Wars movies, Dungeons and Dragons gamesmanship, Tales of King Arthur, and the latest gimmicks from the special effects people. In a movie that works, these ingredients can be exciting and delightful. Legend does not work. Two stars. Uh, Siskel, during their At the Movies review, said, This is dead meat. Thumbs down. Hmm. Okay, so not mincing any words here. Um... Lily is a princess who loves spending her time in the forest, a place of simple pleasures filled with magic and wonder. Uh, she's in love with a boy named Jack who lives in the forest. To impress her one day, he takes her to see the mystical unicorns. Unfortunately, the villainous darkness has plans to kill the unicorns and plunge the world into eternal night. When one of the unicorns is killed and Lily is kidnapped, Jack must save the remaining unicorn and Lily before she becomes darkness's bride. Through the ages, the powers of good and evil have been at work amongst us. Through the passages of time, 
Many have attempted to probe and distinguish between myth and fact. What is innocence? What is purity? What is corruption? imagination of about 10 million more people but you know that's okay all right all right so a little bit of background on this one uh ridley scott had been working on an adaptation of the story of tristan and isolde since the 70s and he kind of had to shift to into a fantasy story when work on that film had kind of stalled he also at the time was starting to work on alien and dune and so in the midst of all that he had been thinking of some kind of a fantasy type story for quite a while um, and he finally got to make it when it got to about the mid-80s. Uh, filming had to be halted twice on this one, once because the studio that they were in was one of the old um, James Bond studios. They'd done several James Bond movies on that soundstage. Um, Spy Who Loved Me was one of them, and the studio had burned to the ground, so they had to stop filming. I think it was about 10 days or two weeks before the end of filming for the movie, and then the other time they had to stop filming for a little bit because Tom Cruise's father had died, and he had to... Go take care of all that. At one point, uh, Tim Curry, with all the makeup that he had to put on, the prosthetics, the makeup, and everything else, um, he got so impatient and claustrophobic one day when they were, I think, going through the removal process of trying to get all that off of him that he just grabbed the makeup on his face and tore it off. And if you know anything about movie makeup and how they apply that stuff, you, you don't just tear it off. And apparently it tore off some of his actual face with it. So they had to... Uh, they had to readjust their shooting schedule for a few days so that um, uh, Tim could, could grow back. So his face could grow back. So, <laughs> um, rumors claim that this movie was the inspiration for the Legend of Zelda video game series. That was kind of interesting. Uh, until it was restored in 2002, Jerry Goldsmith's score was only available on the European release. The original recordings were believed lost at one point, but somebody had saved a copy, and those were the ones used to restore it for the director's cut. Uh, Tangerine Dream's score is a little bit darker and more electronic than the fantasy-based, very kind of sweet and innocent Jerry Goldsmith score, um, and it does actually make it a completely different movie. Uh, the copy that we watched, did you guys all watch the copy that I yes. put out for you? I I own the movie, so I'm okay. not sure what... I watched the director's cut. Okay, all right. The director's cut is the one that has the Jerry Goldsmith theme to it. If you get a chance to, if we don't go too long tonight, I, I am going to play the same scene with two different scores, two different uh, 
pieces of music, whether it's Tangerine Dream or Jerry Goldsmith, makes it a totally different movie. And I've heard from I, other people that I have both versions of the movie. It came in the, uh, it came with both the DVD I bought came with both. Oh, is it? It's oh, probably the oh, Ultimate yeah. Edition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's supposed to have both in there. So apparently, if you watch it now that you've watched the director's cut one, go back and watch it with the Tangerine Dream one, the American cut, and it's supposed to. I like I like the director's cut one too much to want to go and see the the theatrical version. Okay. Wait, uh, just to clarify, we watched the director's cut. We watched the director's cut. And that one has Jerry Goldsmith. That's the Jerry Goldsmith. More fantasy like happy yep. music. Yeah. The American. The American cut. release had the, um, it's a group called Tangerine Dream, and they have a more electronic 80s, almost like, okay. a, almost like a pop music sound to it. Okay. And, um, and I think even actually have some kind of poppy sounding songs that are in the movie as well at different points in time. And some of that was done because um, Ridley Scott thought, you know what, I, kids are not going to like this music. Kids like the music that's around today. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scrap Jerry Goldsmith's music and I'm okay. going to throw in this more modern sounding stuff. Okay. So supposedly, now I don't know, I've watched, I watched this movie I think maybe a couple times when I was a kid. I don't know, I must have watched when I was a kid the American version of it, but I wouldn't have remembered enough about it to know if that made it a different movie for me. Because okay. I, I didn't remember enough about it when I was watching it this time. But okay. supposedly, it makes it a totally different movie just based on the music. Huh. Um, originally, Johnny Depp, Robert Downey Jr., and Jim Carrey were considered for the role of Jack. Um, some interesting things about the earliest version of the script uh, before they got to their final drafts. Uh, Princess Lily was going to gradually transform into a cat creature. Uh, and throughout the film, as she is captured by the villain, she would be tortured and seduced by the villain, whose name would have been Baron Coeur de Noir, Baron Blackheart. Um, let's see the original American release um, a couple of differences the original American release had the movie starting with a text crawl that explained the entire story um, Ridley Scott kind of likes to do that if you've seen Alien and some of his other movies he likes to put a whole bunch of text at the beginning of it and tell you what the story is going to be um, in the American one Lily is referred to as a lady not a princess and any mention of royalty or princess or king or anything like that they've taken it out don't know why uh, at the beginning of the movie, Jack and Lily actually have sex in the woods in the American version. All right, good you, for them. You don't see it, but it's heavily implied. Um, uh, let's see. Darkness is actually seen at the very beginning of the movie with glowing green eyes and green fingernails. Um, in the director's cut, you don't see darkness until about 40 minutes to an hour into the movie. Uh, in the original American cut, there are no riddles. You know, Jack has to solve that riddle, otherwise the fairies are all going to beat him up and take his lunch money um lily doesn't sing any songs in the american version uh when jack encounters meg mucklebone in the swamp he just cuts her head off he doesn't appeal to her like he doesn't sweet talk her um and at the end of the american version jack and lily run off together and there's a final shot of darkness laughing maniacally so it does make it a fairly different movie all right so well, now I kind of want to watch that one. Well, I, I, that's what I'm saying, is it might be kind of interesting. I, I kind of want to watch it now, too. I did like um, the director's cut of it that we watched. And like I said, my first time watching this was when I was a kid, but I remembered, other than 
a couple of things here and there and darkness. I didn't really remember anything about this movie. I remembered part of the, I think I remembered part of the Meg Mucklebone scene in the swamp. I think it was like the creepiest, scary stuff. That's what, that's what I remembered. But other than that, I didn't remember a whole bunch of any other, any other scenes from this movie. Um, but now that I've watched, especially the director's cut, I would be curious to go back and see. So if you've got that on the DVD, I might have to borrow that from you sometime. Yeah, no problem. Because I'd be curious to see. I'm always interested in how if you change something like the music, if you had the the same, the almost the exact same movie, but you just change the music to it, how does that change? How does that change the overall tone and feel of the movie? And I'm kind of always curious when I see things like that. Yeah. Well, the DVD has the at least for the director's cut a full director commentary as well. Okay. Which I've never listened to, but that may be very interesting. Yeah, I, I listened to a couple. Of, well, I, f- I found some commentary stuff on YouTube, so I was able to listen to to some of that. But I'd be curious to to kind of see what they have to say because. It almost sounded like, from what I could tell, that a lot of these changes were not necessarily coming from a studio, but they were actually coming from Ridley Scott himself. And he just kind of said, nah, I, I feel like i got to change this, so I'm going to change it. influenced by comments that he heard other people make about the movie or something like that? He did a, he did a, supposedly he did a test screening in California, and... I, I don't know if he's joking. One of the things that I read, and I don't know if he was joking or, or if it really was true, but um, he said kind of after the fact, I wish I really hadn't paid so much attention to the opinions of a whole bunch of uh, pot smokers. And, you know, I, I think he kind of, I think he kind of paid a little bit too much attention to the pot smokers. And he made some changes based off of that, the criticism that he heard at that that screening of it. And I think, that's why he made the musical changes and made a lot of different cuts to the movie. And, you know, there have been some other interviews with people who worked on the movie that said this was an amazing movie, but you'll never get to see it because so much was cut out of it after it was initially finished. Mm-hmm. I guess originally it was, was it like 125 minutes long and the director's cut is 113 and the American cut that was released in theaters was 98 minutes. So you're looking at a full half hour cut out of this movie from what it originally was. Well, and I, I was, as I watched, I was thinking about, you know, what scenes could you cut or cut down? Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of scenes that you could definitely chop down by a couple of minutes where I, I can see how you might be able to get the movie down to just over 90 minutes. Um, but I think for me, the scenes, you know, all, all the scenes work and that's one of the big reasons that I like this movie is because of the visual aspect of it. The story is very generic, Mm -hmm. good versus evil, you know, cowboys versus Indians, you know, whatever you want, whatever cliche you want to use. The story has been told time and time again. Good versus evil, darkness versus light. But the world that uh, Ridley Scott created 
had a beautiful look to it. Mm-hmm. So when I watch this movie, I just I really get caught up in in the visual aspect of of the movie. Sometimes with Ridley Scott, his the stories of his movies to me are either not interesting or convoluted, but I always appreciate the look and feel of his movies. Like you're saying, the visual part of this. You on Twitter, I think you mentioned earlier something about comparing this to Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, like right after I watched it, I like, oh, now I really want to watch Pan's Labyrinth. Another movie that seemed, you know, for the most part, very simple story. Um, good versus evil, but again, very gorgeous in its in its visuals. You know, I think I, it, you know, it's like it's like watching a painting come to life um, with with some of the the way the visuals were created for both of these movies. Yeah. Um, so I, I felt like they were good companion pieces, and the music as well. Music and uh, legend, I think, really, really good music. Um, and just fits perfectly with the the story that they're telling. You get the highs and lows of uh, of what's going on in the story without necessarily having to hear the words or see the action. It's like when you're a kid, and you know we all see that uh, the cartoon with the, was it Peter and the Wolf? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's all the instruments, and each instrument represents something else and something different. And you get a whole sense of the story just by listening to the instruments, listening to the music. I feel like with Legend, you can almost make the same case that with the Jerry Goldsmith uh, orchestration, you really get a strong sense of of the rise and fall as the story goes on. Hmm. Like I said, the story is pretty basic, but the visual and and the music really stand out to me, which is what I really enjoy about this movie. Now, was this the? This is obviously not the first time you've watched this because you own the you own the DVD of it. When did you watch this? When it came out? No, I didn't see this until I was in college. Okay. And but when you saw it in college, you liked it enough that it's it's a movie you'd buy the DVD of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Pat? Is this the first time you watched it? Yeah, this was the first time I watched this uh, this particular film. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I I feel like I can hear something coming on here, Pat. I, uh, well, look, I, you know, how do you feel about it? I, it's interesting hearing you guys talk because, um, the, my first reaction was that like, wow, this thing is really, it's pretty, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, everything, it's just, you know, very, uh, um, beautiful scenes. And the one thing I, I'm kind of jumping, remember back to, that's usually what people say about me the first time they see me. (laughs) That's what, that's what I say about that every time I see Mm -hmm. you guys. But so then there I, may not be a lot of that, substance there, but boy, he's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> pretty <laughs> there cool. was, um, um, we were talking about one of the Star Trek movies, and I think Bo said, you know, the biggest knock on the first one, or maybe everyone had said, was just it was space opera. Really mm-hmm. beautiful set pieces and artistic and all that, but just kind of dragged. And, and that's kind of what I thought of. Um, I, you know, I... Um, I don't want to go negative, so I'm going to do the utmost that I can to not, because like I said, there were, there, I mean, the, uh, you know, the, the characters, the costumes were cool. Darkness, he was pretty tough looking. Um, you know, I, I guess 
I guess what got me about the movie is uh, you guys you guys saw Anchorman, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember when Ron Burgundy was caught in the glass case of emotion and he was talking to uh, it was what what was it uh, Brian Fantana? Mm-hmm. And he and he's just like ah, 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 in the phone and Fantana's just like Ron, I'm so I just Ron, I just don't understand what you're saying. That's kind of how I felt when I was watching the movie. Like <laughs> I was watching it and I'm like. I, I'm not getting this. I'm not getting. Wait, what? Who are these guys? Wait, why? Why are we? Why? Why is this happening? Okay, why are you showing her the unicorns? Okay, why is that bad? Okay, now why did the unicorns suddenly freak out? Okay, her ring's gone in the river. Wait, how come it just turned to winter when he dove in the? Okay, did that? Now was that? Was that coincidence? Or oh, okay, now they're on a quest. Oh, okay, what are they doing with the quest? I, they're kind of like. And where did? Okay. And where did the luck dragon come from? Yeah, I just. And is this all know. a dream? <laughs> I don't know. I I tell you guys, did it happen? Did it not happen? I, I don't know. That's what I felt like. I felt like I felt like it was a little bit like uh, never-ending story. I was just, <laughs> I I and I and I like I said. So I you know I watched it front to back, and um, there were some cool scenes, but that kind of threw me a little bit. I I just I wasn't sure why things were happening. And this is going to sound cruel, and I don't mean it to sound cruel, but in the beginning I was like, why do I care about these characters? Like, okay, I know mm-hmm. she's the princess and she's probably good, but why do I care about her? Like, what? give me some development. Like, you know, she's coming down from the castle. Is this like a, like a Princess Jasmine thing in, um, in um, what's that, uh, Arabian Nights? Aladdin. No, what's that movie? Aladdin. Aladdin. Is this like Jasmine and Aladdin? She's like heading out to like go see what the simple people are like. Okay, why is that woman that's baking in her little house? Is she, why is she all wise? Would, would, okay, where did she come from? Okay, she's frozen. Did they ever unfreeze the people, or did it just not happen? I I just I was kind of like trying to figure stuff out throughout, and then it was like, yeah. oh cool, suddenly she's goth. That's pretty cool. Well, yeah. what was your well? I don't remember. What was your uh, reaction to Labyrinth when we did that one? Labyrinth? Yeah. Uh, reaction to Labyrinth? I thought that was good. It was a good movie. Characters were cool looking. Um, oh, I was like, dude, really? You're going to do that with the kid? Like, I was kind of frustrated that the, wasn't it the older sister didn't take care of the brother or something like that? Yeah, I think you were worried, yeah. uh, you were worried about the child neglect side of things. Yeah, I was like that, but I dug the movie. It was a cool movie. Because so, there was, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, pinpoint or, or get a sense of where you are on the fantasy movie genre. I, I think Pat is not a fan of, Pat's not a fan of high fantasy. Yeah, I was going to say, Pat's not really a fan seemingly of the the, the fairy tale-esque right. fantasy okay. genre. Well, like, yeah, the, I don't... The I, action fantasy you, you can you get on board with without much issue. With the what fantasy? The action like fantasy. action fantasy, like Lord of the Rings type stuff. Lord of the yeah. Rings, uh, even Highlander and, and yeah. Um, but when uh, it's when it's like fairies and riddles and mystical unicorns, not so much. Okay, but here's the thing: like, I mean, I don't know, Chron- I don't know where Chronicles of Narnia landed. Well, that yeah. Anyways, that's another. That's more of okay. like an action fantasy, I think. Okay, but here's the thing about um, here's the thing about uh, Labyrinth is it was like here's the quest. This is what you got to do. Here's your time. Get it done. You don't get it done, nah, you're out of luck. This one was like, okay, now there's these little, 
And here's the other thing that got me about this one. Like everyone was, I'm going to try, I know this is an audio medium, but like everyone was talking like this and it was like, wow. And we're all, <gasps> everyone was in awe of what was going on. And maybe we're all just that's, in awe of the That's what fairies do, Pat. Okay, but it was like everybody, it was like, okay, first of all, can one of y'all just blink? Can someone just blink? And I just, and so, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm being a little silly and I'm sorry. No, that's fine. But yeah, that's kind of what got me is I was just like, well, why are we, why, why is this going on? It was cool when she became like the goth one with the black makeup. I dug that. That was cool. Now, if it was Monica, she, Monica Bellucci, yeah. it would have been even better. Yeah, that that maybe I was hoping for that director's cut, you okay. know, or something. So, um, but you're just you're not a fan of the you're not as much a fan of the they call it high fantasy. It's like very okay. much the the fairy world and the fairy folklore and the the whole thing of you know unicorns as this power that maintains the light side of creation and all the like fairy riddles and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I yeah. was. Yeah, and that's cool. I Which just, is fine. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not as much a fan of some of that stuff either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I think luck I, dragons and, and right. The luck dragon was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that. I think fantasy movies and stuff like that for me, I think it needs to be something like a Lord of the Rings, or it needs to be something like a Never Ending Story, where it doesn't rely so heavily on some of that stuff. Yeah. I, I just, it, I guess I would have wanted, like you mentioned, and that's why I found it so interesting to hear you talk. If Ridley Scott would have put more of a little like um, thing at the beginning, like you said, a text reel mm-hmm. kind of stating all the, the history and this is why this happened and this is where this is going. And this is why, like, to be honest, I found, like, Darkness was almost explaining his side of things a little bit more completely because he was explaining, like, well, I can't stand the light, so we're going to, you know, take, make everything dark and all that kind of stuff. But and that is why was, evil will always win, because good is dumb. Good is dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I, um... Found so anything yet? We you, ain't found... <laughs> Have you found anything yet? Sir, do you think we might be taking this a little too literally? No, I said combing the desert. We were told to comb the desert. We're combing the desert. <laughs> I yeah. So, anyways, I'm just you know, like I said, I'm I'm making bad, goofy jokes and all that. But yeah, that was kind of my thing. Was huh? Well, uh, okay. Just need a little bit. Um, well, and and not that it helps the the high fantasy fairy stuff, but the some people that worked on the movie have been quoted as saying the characters that you see in either the American version or the director's cut are so much more less developed than they should be because of the stuff that was cut out. Okay. That there are other, if they had kept in the original uh, 125 minute uh, cut of this movie, like even longer than the director's cut, um, if they had kept that in, there was supposedly a lot more character development. You understood why Jack was this, boy living out in the woods by himself and could talk to animals and all kinds of other stuff. You understood a little bit more about um, Lily as a princess and why she acted the way that she did. And maybe possibly you would have seen more of her world because you really only see the only three humans you see are her, Jack and uh, Nell, the farmer's wife. 
You don't yeah. get to see this kingdom that she comes from or or any of that stuff. Um, but apparently some people have said, you know, it really is a shame what the movie got turned into uh, with the editing and everything else because it was the characters were so much more fleshed out um, in the original cut of this before they started editing. Yeah, and that's what you said. Like the original thing was like two hours long or mm-hmm. over two hours long. Yeah. And maybe that would have that would have maybe helped just explain why everything's kind of going down the way it did. You know, but if you watch your if you watch the American version, you supposedly you you'll get that text at the beginning that explains everything to you. But I'd read in some of the things that people seem to think that the the director's cut was a superior movie to the American one. That they said that was. I, I think movie wise, yes, but I there's a lot of people that. I, I, as I was reading up on this, there's a lot of people that say, nope, forget the director's cut. I, as a kid, remember watching the theatrical movie with the Tangerine Dream soundtrack, and that is legend to me. You can't, like, director's cut ruins it for me because the music's not the same. The, the cheesy electronic 80s music is what makes this movie this movie for me. So and a lot if of you people, change it, you're ruining my childhood, and I'm yeah, you're ruining my childhood, and I hate you all, and you should and, you should yeah, all die okay. horrible deaths, and yeah. I, I get it, man. I see how this stuff works. I mm-hmm. get it now. So see, it was yeah. happening even back in the '80s. Hollywood yeah. should remake Ghostbusters. What did you say? Hollywood should should remake Ghostbusters. Hollywood should remake I, Legend. Let's remake it. Or just do it like a like put everything in, you know, like just find all the cutting room floor stuff and put it in. You know what I wish they'd remake? I, I wish they would remake Civil War. I think it's time. I think we get a whole new cast. We remake Civil War. Can we reboot that, please? Can we, yeah, let's reboot that. I would actually I just, like I, to reboot Suicide Squad. Have you? Let's that, reboot it before. Let's reboot it before it comes out. Can we reboot Rogue One, please? Sure. This is the this is the latest thing in movie technology. The movie is out before we're done making it. I feel like it needs to hurry up and get to, what was that, 1987? Because we keep talking about Spaceballs, even though this is the Legend podcast. Yeah, I know, man. 87. Well, that's, that's for our wrap-up. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, it was pretty cool when he walloped that thing's head off in the swamp. And she was just like, ah, rah, 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 rah. And then he, like, walloped her head off, and there was, like, a bunch of smoke coming out of the mm-hmm. neck. I'm just like, that's pretty wicked. That's and, cool. And to find out that that was Robert Picardo from Star Trek Voyager... That was him? Yeah, that was the doctor. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, to find that out later, I'm like, really? All right, that's even cooler. That's cool. You go ahead and chop his head off as many times as you want. That's awesome. Maybe Hollywood should remake this movie. <laughs> hey, you know what? I want to know. I think no, she no, should. For, like, uh, I mean, yeah. for real. And, you know, talk to talk to Ridley, get some more background on these characters, and find a way to put that in there. Because like I said, I enjoy this movie not so much for the story that it tells, but it's the visuals. For, for, for the visual, for the piece of art that it, that it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't hate the story. I, you know, I, I'm fine with the, the simplicity of it. Um, but, you know, if we really wanted to, to look at the characters, why not flesh them out a little bit more? Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that I noticed that I thought was kind of interesting, we don't have as many of these kind of fantasy sword and sorcery type movies as there used to be. You know, there were there were a few more in the 90s. The 80s, when I looked at the list of 
what you would deem sword and sorcery fantasy type movies. It was crazy that they had some, like a very small amount in the 60s, a little bit in the 70s, a little bit in the 90s, a little bit in the 2000s, a little bit in the 2010s. But the 80s as a decade had easily two to three times as many fantasy sword and sorcery type movies as any of these other decades, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and I, I started to put together a, a little tiny list of what came out in the 80s. Um, you had Beastmaster. You had the animated uh, movie, The Last Unicorn, which is another great one. Uh, you have The Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, Conan the Barbarian, uh, the, the personal favorite of this podcast, Red Sonia. You had Krull. You had Excalibur. You had Willow. You had Masters of the Universe, The Black Cauldron, Clash of the Titans, Highlander, Neverending Story. Just a ton of of these these fantasy movies that came out in the 80s. And I'm wondering why, like, why do we not have that anymore? Was it that it was overdone in the 80s and people just got sick of it or... Well, I don't know, maybe maybe because of the same reason that we have a bunch of comic book movies now. And, you know, when we're doing this podcast 10, 10 years from now, I wonder what this I wonder we're going to be talking about. Hey, you remember how there used to be a ton of comic book movies and now it's just past its thing? I mean, maybe, you know, the the truisms of making movies hung back were alive even then. OK, that's what we're doing now. We can make a lot of sword and sorcery movies. And so we're going to. We're going to make it happen, you know? All you need is a guy with a loincloth and a sword and a camera, yeah. and you're good. Speaking of which, where is Dennis? Uh, I don't know. I Now that he's had another birthday, I mean, he, I think he's getting a little bit more forgetful and not showing yeah. up for things. But, hey, he's still alive, so congratulations, Dennis. That's right. Two-thirds of the people on this podcast love you. That's right. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so I wanted to play a couple of the scenes. Uh, I had a couple of the scenes with the different music in it, just so everybody could kind of hear. And you can find some of these on YouTube. It was a little tougher to find the Jerry Goldsmith soundtrack, which is funny because in actual physical CD form, supposedly it's harder to find the Tangerine Dream soundtrack. Um, mm -hmm. But I was able to find that one pretty quickly. So I picked out the scene where Princess Lily is uh, watching the person in the black costume dance. Okay. And then she becomes the black costume dancer. Uh, she should have kept the black costume. That was, that was good. Okay. So goth girls and motorcycles, that's what you're into. Well, I, I, I not exclusively, I'm just saying in this movie that works. Not well. exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, you know, romantic walks on the beach, mm -hmm. kettle at dinners. I like those things too. Yeah. Well, Actually, motorcycles, yes, but as far as, like, I mean, I could get rid of everything else. As long as okay. I still have a motorcycle, just about anything else really doesn't so we'll, matter. So we'll, we'll, we'll call Ridley Scott when we're going to talk to him about remaking this movie. We're going to call him and tell him we've got a pitch for a, a movie idea, and it's going to be called Goth Girls on Motorcycles. <laughs> it's, and and the, 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 dec, uh, the dedication at the beginning of the movie is for Pat. Yeah, the Goth Girls on Motorcycles, man, that, that could... That could be a whole range uh, of I, movies. There. I, I could just about guarantee you that movie's probably already been made somewhere. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. But you won't find it at the video store. No. <laughs> we right. don't want to find it at the video Through store. Through the beaded curtain you go. All right. Um, let's do... Okay, here is the Jerry Goldsmith uh, version of... On, on his soundtrack, this one is called I, The Waltz. I just did an image search for uh, 
goth girls on motorcycles. <laughs> Find your favorite one. Send it to Pat. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Hopefully that wasn't your work computer. This is my work computer, so we are not going to be looking at any of that stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so here it is from the Jerry Goldsmith version. It is called The Waltz. So obviously the Jerry Goldsmith one very much, I mean, sounds like it's the type of music that would fit in a fantasy movie. Yeah. All right. So that was the Jerry Goldsmith one. Now, this would be the exact same scene, but this is the Tangerine Dream version of that same scene. So this is the music they did. And on their soundtrack, this one is called The Dance. That one sounds like creepy circus music. That's what I was. That's what I was saying. It's like, <laughs> like I'm in a really creepy circus. So for this type of movie, you know, and I don't know that it's for us to say which one ultimately made the movie better, but I, I really would be interested to go watch the American version now that has that music in it, because. I really want to see how different it makes the whole thing feel. Because there are things about this movie, you know, you, we've, we've talked about it being very visually stunning, and, you know, that's, that's probably one of the strongest, that's probably one of the, the biggest strengths of this movie, is the visual appeal. And sometimes when you have something that's so visually 
appealing, the music can either enhance that, or well, I guess that's the case with anything. The music can either enhance it or it can just totally throw you off. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if with a scene like that, which looks like a really creepy scene, is it better to have the very sweet fantasy type music or the creepy circus music? Well, I wouldn't necessarily call the Goldsmith music sweet. I think it's, it, I'm not sure how I would describe it. I, I don't think it, it comes across as being a, uh, a, 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 a sweeter, more upbeat mm-hmm. sound. I think it's, uh, it's, just, it's, it's more of a, a classical orchestration. Right. Um, but the, uh, the creepy circus music does lend itself to that particular scene. And it really takes, like it, it really takes that scene in a whole other direction. I don't, I'm just, I'm thinking about the entire movie now. And if the entire movie happens to encompass that sort of feel, that really makes it almost an entirely different movie. Mm-hmm. Not the same movie with different music, but really the story becomes different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me see if I can find, um, I'll just play a, a couple seconds or a few seconds of a couple of different songs from the Tangerine Dream soundtrack version. Here's the main titles. It does have a, I guess, a little bit more of an ethereal type sound to it. Almost this is more otherworldly sound. I think it's like based on a Stephen King story. Mm-hmm. See that we've got. Yeah, I, I kind of like. I like the score that was in the one that I that we saw or whatever the 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 director's cut one. I I like that music. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know that. That seemed to. This this just sounds a little different. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but right. yeah, I. It's it's very time period specific. Montage. Oh, I yep. remember when this was in the movie. I, 
haven't seen the American. I haven't seen the American version other than clips that I've seen on YouTube. I don't remember when they play this during the movie, but it, I think it's actually during the movie. I don't think it's. This, this it sounds like a montage type song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, very period specific. Oh, very yeah. easy. Which I, I, is I'm it? more of a fan of uh, Jerry Goldsmith's more classical take on the score because right. it's it's very much in fitting with the theme of the movie, which makes it work uh, no matter when you're trying to set that movie. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and Dennis, Dennis and I were actually talking about this earlier today. We were talking about um, Stranger Things. Have you guys watched that on Netflix? Yes. Okay, Pat, that would be another one. Although, oh, Pat, that might kind of freak you out a little bit. What is what's Stranger Things? It is um, if Goonies met Poltergeist. Yes, if Goonies met Poltergeist and ET and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Throw in everything about the '80s that's awesome. Okay. And there, I mean, there's and a little bit of X Files. Okay. And it's filmed like it's like it was a Steven Spielberg movie from the eighties okay. with a little bit of John Carpenter thrown in there. Yeah. But it's, it's really good. I've only watched maybe the first three episodes so far. Oh um, dude, you got to finish that up. I know. And, uh, it's been really good so far, but uh, we, Jenna and I were talking about this earlier today because I said that in legend and it really it made me think about it. Cause I noticed it in stranger things too. Um, that there was some terminology that was used that I kept it, it for a second, it would take me out of it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know that they would have said that in the eighties. Like, I don't know okay. that that phrase was, and I can't think of a specific phrase, but there have been times watching stranger things. And I'm like, this, the dialogue sounds very much like today. Like the characters are talking like they've come right out of 2016, but I know it's supposed to be set in 1983. And it was the same thing with Legend. There were several times in the movie, and, I'm, and the only one I can remember off the top of my head was when the, one of the little uh, troll guys or, or uh, fairy guys says, we're going to be barbecue. And I'm like, uh, they don't have barbecue in Fairyland. Mm-hmm. And there was something else that somebody said, and it was like, you would only say that, you would only use that phrase, that turn of phrase, if you were from the 80s or if you were from America, if you were from this magical fantasy fairyland, you wouldn't say it that way. Okay. So that was another thing that I kind of noticed in watching this that, that kind of took me out of it just a little bit. And I think if I had heard that eighties music in there too, same thing, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have made the movie quite as timeless as I think, like you said, Jeff, as, as a classical orchestrated film score does for this. Okay. But, yeah. All right. I'd, overall thoughts on Legend. Jeff, you said you really like this one. I, I, I like it enough to where I'll, I don't know, every, yeah, maybe once a year I'll, I'll put it on and just sort of, you know, get lost in the, in the visual. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we didn't even talk about Tim Curry and how amazingly awesome he is. Oh, Tim Curry is awesome in everything he does, mm-hmm. including Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, t- Tim Curry is top notch. But this, I mean, I can't, I can't think of it. When I think of like, if you ask me to picture villains from the '80s, even though I couldn't remember a thing about this movie, 
I could remember darkness. I, I know that image of what he looks like, and I can I totally picture it, and I could, even though it had been years since I'd seen this, I could hear his voice and what it sounded like. And, you know, I for... I, he's just an amazing actor. He he is, and he gets lost. Or you lose Tim Curry mm-hmm. in all the roles that he's in, especially when he's made up in some way like this, or when he did when he was Pennywise. Mm-hmm. You know, I every time I watch it, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Pennywise saying, "Okay, just give me a glimpse of Tim Curry. Where is Tim Curry in there?" And I just don't see it. Same thing with Legend. You know, when when darkness is on the screen, just give me a, a a glimpse of Tim Curry somewhere in there. And you, I think in Legend, I I heard it in his voice. There was one line that he said where I was like, "Oh, that sounded like Tim Curry." Yeah. He, most of the I'm time, glad he, he just I'm, disappears. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that because I had the same experience. I I was like, okay, yeah, this, and it was it was like one or two lines. Okay, you get a hint hint of them, but. That guy was pretty tough looking, I'll tell you that. And he tore his own face off. And he tore his own face off. It was like face off before there was face off. Yeah. All right, so Pat, final thoughts on Legend? Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, just, I'm not going to knock it. It just maybe wasn't quite my thing, but I mean, it was it was definitely a cool world that he he uh, uh, developed. And, um, um yeah, that's that's it. I just I kind of needed a little bit more ground to stand on uh, to fully enjoy the movie. But um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, you know? I, I think I think I'm I think I'm with both of you on this one. Is that it's visually beautiful, and I feel that way a lot about a lot of Ridley Scott's movies. Um, I think that I can't think of a movie of his that I've seen that's not visually striking. But he doesn't always, you know, he doesn't always connect story-wise, I don't think. But visuals, I mean, Blade Runner, visually stunning. Um, even Prometheus, and I, I, you know, Prometheus, I like the story, but I think it got a little convoluted. But visually, love it. The Martian, visually stunning. Uh, Gladiator, I mean, I think that's one, I, I like the story and the visuals yeah, of that one. But... I saw, he did Gladiator, he mm-hmm. did Black Hawk Down, and yeah. I mean, I think they... You know, the stories are pretty straight ahead in those. I was looking at a list of stuff he's done. But, um, yeah, I don't know. But, again, with this one, it just seems like, you know, when you got this many different versions of the movie and, and if if it was supposed to be a little over two hours long and you take that out, man, that could have been some critical stuff, you know? Right. right. All right. Sounds good. Well, if you want to go find this movie, uh, I don't think – we couldn't find this on Netflix or anywhere else. I think you can get it on um, – you can get it from my movie shelf. You can get it from uh, Jeff's movie shelves. Jeff's so movie go ahead yeah. and uh, visit the Mazuka Manor. Um, right, right, right there behind me. Right there behind you. Okay. So sneak up behind Jeff mm-hmm. and uh, and and take Legend right off his movie shelf and uh, say hi. You know, leave him a leave him leave him a gift. You know, a little. What what do you like? You like uh, apples? You like? I like peanut butter cups. Peanut butter cups. All right. Leave Jeff some peanut butter cups and uh, borrow his copy of Legend. I, if if the like three guys from Ireland that are listening to this podcast actually visit you at your house, you got to let me know. Yeah, that would be cool. The, the be one, cool. the one guy who listened to this the one time. They better bring peanut butter cups. <laughs>
They might mow your lawn for you too. We've got a lot of lawn mowing listeners. Oh, good, because my grass is getting kind of long out there. Okay. Um, who am I kidding? The only listener we have is Chris Hardwick. He listens to the show all the time. Well, you know, in, in, in his free time, I think he needs something that's going to help put him to sleep. Right. Well, Dennis is not on this episode, so. Oh, so maybe not this episode. Not this one. Come back next time, Chris, and, and we'll see what we can do for you. What are we doing next time? What are, that's an excellent question. We are actually moving. <laughs> we're transitioning from one Mia Sara movie to another Mia Sara movie. We're going to do Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ah, awesome. So. So next time we're taking a, uh, actually we're moving on into um, August is our, and, and some of these may be a little bit of a stretch because I, I kind of had to stretch the August theme uh, for this one, but August is supposed to be our school movies. So these are our school movies or kind of teenager type movies. Uh, we got Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We have Back to School. I, I tell you, um, we could do a triple Lindy. Maybe we can all try to do a triple Lindy before we watch Back to School. Sounds good. I'm going to start stretching now. Okay, I'm going to be dead. Um, so one of you guys is going to have to finish the uh, the recording. We'll make it happen. Okay. Uh, then after back to school, we're doing Wildcats, and then One Crazy Summer, and then we're finishing up, because there's five Wednesdays in August, we're finishing up with River's Edge. Um, so that is one, the month of August. One Crazy Summer, that's John Cusack, right? Yeah, I think so. I just okay. in, in my head, I just got it. Confused with something I think else, I know. but it should be John Cusack. And um, let's see, who else was in that? John Cusack, and isn't it Demi Moore? It might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Demi Moore. Oh, great! Bobcat Goldthwait's in this. So my favorite voice actor of all time. There you go. Awesome. All right, but yes, we will be we will be moving from uh, Princess Lily to Sloan. Uh, next week when we take a look at Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So, um, well, you know where you can find Jeff because we're going to include his address at the beginning of the podcast here so you can go borrow his copy of, uh, of Legend. But right where here. else can you find us? Do you guys know? Right on our website. I don't know. Pat looks like he's in a cave. 30, yeah, <laughs> I am actually in my cave. Pat's right in now. a cave. He, Pat is darkness. That's right, man. That's Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. Pat is Tim Curry. I didn't know Tim Curry was so hairy. Yeah. If you um, I'm darkness like on a motorcycle. If if you go right over there, that's where I keep the Batmobile, the tumbler. If okay. you go right over there, I've got like the bat. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool if you could make a darkness motorcycle and you could use his horns as the handlebars? That would be cool. <laughs> Pat's motorcycle's already red. We're we're on our way. Okay. Hey, Pat, the next time you get out in the parking lot and you start, you see these big black horns on the front of your motorcycle, you're going to know what happened. I, I, I will. I'm just going to caution you, man. You just don't touch a guy's motorcycle. I'm just okay. going to say, you know, go ahead, my car, whatever, just careful that other thing. Okay. So that picture I took and texted you one time with my foot really close to your motorcycle was not appropriate? <laughs> no, because I knew how far away you were. Okay. But if you really had, then that, that could have been, you know, that could have been a problem. I, I would no longer be here. <laughs> I get it. I got it. All right. Well, you can find us at 30podcast.com. That's our website. And from there, you can get to our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Um, and we won't be mean to you on Twitter or Instagram or any of those places because um, basically we have no room to judge anybody. Well, um, mean people suck. What's that? Yeah, they do. They mean do. Mean people suck. Absolutely, they do. 
We, we and, don't want to be those people. And, and we're well, not mean, so come check well, us we're out. We do each other, but we love each other, so it's all good. Right. Yeah, I mean, and then two-thirds of us love Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I next time... I still got to which, which, which two-thirds. Well, that's part of the mystery. That's why people come back and listen next time. I thought we weren't doing riddles. I thought that was just for fantasies. Well, Pat doesn't like riddles. I'm okay with riddles. I just, I don't, I just didn't get, like... Riddle me this. Yeah, like, you know, um... Uh, just give me a reason as to why we're doing the riddle, and then the next thing, hey, it's all good. You got the riddle. So, see, I think you would like, Pat, you would like the American version because in the American version, they cut out the whole riddle thing. They just go in there and be like, do you know what you did? And he's like, yeah. but, but I did it for love. And then they then they cut out the whole thing of the riddle, and they all just look at him and like, oh, he did it for love. Well, let's drink. Woo-hoo! Okay, well, and see, if he was in the forest, if he was uh, uh, Jack of the Forest. Mm-hmm. Jack of the Forest, yeah. Why didn't he know those rules, and how come he never met those guys? I mean, was he really Jack of the Forest? It's, it's a big forest. Well, yeah, I don't know. Jack don't was know. off he doing something somewhere else. He did, he did know the rules. But then he didn't know about the guys, though. The guys, he didn't seem to know the guys, and then he didn't know about the riddle. He was, you know, it was like, we gotta, you got to do this riddle. If you get the riddle, it's all good. And then the guy was throwing a temper tantrum, and it was like, well, okay, he's upset. Is he going to... Is he, is he going to go back on this riddle deal? But then it was like, hey, it's all good, man. Let's pour the wine. And it was, okay. That was sudden. Hey, if a bunch of fairies come up and want to offer you some wine, you just take it and say thank you. Maybe. Then you wake up in a bathtub full of ice with your kidneys missing. But that's that's a difference. Hey, at least you had a good time. It's still my freaking kidney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least, at least your kidney had one good last time. I just needed someone to blink. That's all I'm saying. Just okay. someone have normal eye motion and I'm okay. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, I promise you in the next movie, people will blink. Yes. Okay. All right. So come back next time where you can learn more about the Sausage King of Chicago, and we will see you next week with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's right. Bye, everyone. Bye now. Bye. We're not mean. We love you. 14 stars. I'll tweet you. Well, don't, don't do that. That might scare him. Oh. What happens when you get tweeted? There you go. We hadn't had that sound effect in a while. That's going to be my text tone. Awesome. Every time I get a text message. Woo! Every time I get a text message, it's going to be Pat. (laughs) 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 No, just don't waste time on me. Get the actual Val Kilmer one from Top Gun. I think you're right up there with Val Kilmer, man. When he's mowing his lawn. I got to be honest with you. That threw me. Because I'm like, oh, wow, Tom Cruise when he was young. This is cool and blah, 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 blah. And then, um, because I just, I don't know, have any of you guys seen the movie Taps? Early? No, no. That's a really, that's actually a really good movie. That's pretty cool. Tom Cruise is young in it. And then it hit me that it's like, you know what? He's not that young because this is the year that he plays Maverick. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, and then he was the pool guy in that uh, other movie we did, The Color of Money. Yeah. So that's kind of a, yeah, man. He was, he was, in, a, he was in, a, in an array of movies. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, we'll see you all next time. Take it easy. Have a good one. We love you. Be kind to each other. Be excellent to each other. Let's do that.
I wish is for you to sit and talk with me. Sit? Here? Yes. Please. I prefer to stand. Silence! Or stand. As you wish. It is enough that we are alone together. Just the two of us. Some uh, simple conversation. 